We're two hours away from the kickoff of BYU football. Jaron in shotgun. Looks left. Goes for the end zone and Chase Roberts. And Chase makes the catch. It's a touchdown! This is Cougar Pregame Live. Brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Also by Siegfried and Jensen. Helping Utah families for over 30 years. Let's get you ready for BYU football. Here's the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard. Good morning, BYU football fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Today, the 12th ranked BYU Cougars on the road facing number 25, Oregon. My name is Jason Shepard. Thank you so much for joining us for BYU football on this Saturday. Joining me from Otson Stadium in Eugene, site of today's matchup, is former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson and Riley BYU has not faced Oregon since the 2006 Vegas Bowl which the Cougars won 38 to 8 the overall series is tied 3-3 but in Oregon the Ducks have taken two of three the Cougars have not played in Eugene since 1990 and have not won there since 1978 Riley this is a historically difficult place for opposing teams to play but BYU comes in playing really good football and, quite honestly, Riley, feeling really confident. They should feel confident. I think uh, they've displayed incredible ability to execute on the game plan, to be resilient, to be tough against a great test last week against Baylor. And obviously, you know, there was a little bit of adversity in week one with the weather delay and everything. And they didn't skip a beat, came out and took care of business there. You're right, Jason, as I'm as I'm here at Autzen Stadium for the first time, this is a giant concrete bowl. So you hear about how loud and how rowdy it can get in here. Also, the fans were getting primed up with their uh, beverages to to be able to make a lot of noise and, and get ruckus, but uh, any sound that is made in this uh, in Autzen Stadium, in this bowl stadium, is going to stay here. It's just going to bounce on and off the, the concrete. So that plus Oregon, you know, it, over the years, their style's kind of morphed. Now it's, uh, it, well, really since kind of the uh, around 2010, it's been a speed and space play. We're going to see a lot of that today with, with some R- RPO mixed in. So, the, you know, the style of play that they play and then this stadium, uh, for all those reasons, it's hard for anybody to win. You already mentioned the Cougars are looking to even the series with Oregon up here in Eugene. I think they got a good shot to do it here today. Yeah, I do too. This is going to be a fun one. This is one uh, you kind of looked at weeks two and three and said these are the these are the games that are going to set up BYU for the rest of the season. And so far, so good. But you got a big one today, so let's get right into it. Before the Cougars face the Ducks, let's get to our game headlines. So, Riley, I think one of the biggest questions for me is how does BYU follow up the big win over Baylor? And you obviously can't afford to relax. You can't buy into the national hype. I mean, look, it's great to have, but as the team calls it, it's poison. And you've gone from one week to the next where people were not buying what BYU was selling, and now everybody's on the BYU bandwagon. That's one thing is fun for the fans and the media to, to soak in. Players can't do that right now. They've got the task at hand, and that's what they've got to focus on. Yeah, and they have to be aware. Hopefully, to me, hopefully they took care of business 
last week. I mean, Oregon obviously was licking their wounds, came out, beat up on Eastern Washington after getting absolutely demolished by Georgia in week one. So really, you look at it, they've had two weeks of recovery, whereas BYU obviously played an over an overtime game late into the night a week ago. And here's what you don't realize about that. Playing that deep into the night, it just sets everything off, right? You get that much less sleep on Sunday. You come into practice that much. So hopefully, and all the science around recovery is, it, it may seem in, inconsequential to your average fan, but the data and science around sports performance and recovery is uh, something like that can can definitely lead into it. Not to physically, right? Yeah. As far as your physiological response to recovery. Not to mention just the psychological and mental and emotional drain of going into overtime, being a top 10 win, first top 10 win in the Lavelle Edwards Stadium in over 30 years, and all those. And then, you know, so you have that big, and then all uh, everybody's just, you know, throwing you flowers throughout the entire week. There's a lot of different dynamics here, but the, this team is a very experienced one. It's a very mature team with great leadership, and if they weather this storm like they have literal storms yeah. and other metaphorical storms previously, they should be okay. Well, and there's a couple things that, that I look at in terms of uh, key stats to look at. BYU needs more ground game. Last week, 83 net rushing yards. you got to be better than that for many reasons. Number one, we, we you know all the reasons. It keeps the defense honest. They don't. They can't just key in on what Jaron's doing. But BYU's got the players and the talent to be able to do better than 83 net rushing yards. And let's give Baylor credit. That's what they're known for. They did it to BYU last year. They did it to him this year. Uh, hopefully the ground game can get going a little bit more. The other thing is, we know that defensively BYU has to stop the run, but I look at BYU's pass defense as a big factor today. The Cougars have allowed only 154 yards passing per game through the first two contests, and if you can produce results like that today against Bo Nix, look, and he's not going to throw downfield a ton. He's going to sort of dink and dunk, and then hopefully they are wanting yards after the catch. If you can keep that passing attack down today, I think that's going to be massive. Those are the two things really that I look at. Yeah, and so you mentioned the passing game. There's almost no uh, presence of a traditional drop-back style passing game for Oregon. It's a ton of screens, uh, both lateral screens and screens out of the backfield. It's a ton of RPO and then play action. And it it seems to me that any kind of traditional, even even if it's off like a token fake play action, any traditional down-the-field passing attack is almost predetermined there too, which gets Bo Nix in trouble, right? When you make a decision before actually reading the defense and confirming what you saw pre-snap and you let the ball fly, a, a, a lot of times it ends up in the other in uh, the other team's arms. That's one thing for me, Jason, in addition to, to the rushing, the pass defense and the rushing yards on offense, to me, they also did not produce a turnover on defense next year. I think Bo Nix is going to give them opportunities to to take the ball away, and that will be huge with a big test on the road. No question about it. The other big question for BYU, Puka, Gunner, will BYU have them? We'll find out uh, hopefully within the next hour uh, when we talk with Greg Rubel after he talks with head coach Kalani Satake. Now, for Oregon, lots of changes in Eugene. New head coach, first-time head coach in former Georgia defensive coordinator Dan Lanning. Uh, picked up his first win as a collegiate head coach last week against Eastern Washington. We already mentioned a new quarterback in Bo Nix. Oregon comes in 1-1, one and one, and quite frankly, they looked horrible against Georgia. And every, look, you could certainly say, look, it's Georgia. They're the number one team in the country. They won 
and they were expected to, certainly. But I, I still was a surprise that Oregon could only muster three points. But then they bounced back against Eastern Washington big time, 70-13. to 13. I think the biggest question, though, is what do we really know about this team? You, you get worked by Georgia, and then you work a team that you're supposed to. I'm not quite sure, Riley, that we truly know a whole lot about this Duck team right now. We don't. Yeah, so I... I'm fortunate enough to, to where, uh, you know, they allow me access to the game film, right? The All-22 game film. And I uh, watched both of those games in their entirety, the, the Georgia and the, and the Eastern Washington. And as I was watching Georgia, I kind of got through the first half and was like, all right, well, but this is Georgia, right? Like, I think BYU is definitely a program on the rise, but there's probably still a little bit of a gap uh, between where BYU's at and where Georgia is, is the number one team in the country, right? So I'm like, let's go. And, and I also know, you know, there's a huge gap between BYU and Eastern Washington, but then I turn on the Eastern Washington film. I'm like, all right, who are they against Eastern Washington? Here's one thing that gives me uh, some optimism here today. Like Oregon just is not through two games is not executing well. I know they put up 70 points. A lot of those came in the back half after both Oregon and Eastern Washington had had uh, swapped out their starters in the first half. I, yeah, I mean they got some touchdown, but like there was two tipped. One was an offensive player tipped it to another offensive player for a touchdown. Another one was off a defender's hand. Both those plays ended in touchdown. That's 14 points off basically luck, right? And there was penalties galore, pre-snap and post-snap penalties. This Oregon team is yet to find its groove by way of execution. Now, I hope they don't find it here today right. because, you know, you got a tough challenge on the road. This is this is tough for anybody to win, and it will be a, a hard-fought battle here for BYU today. But just when you look at core principles, physicality, execution, and maturity, BYU's got the edge in all three of those areas, which makes me pretty optimistic heading into this matchup. Well, while we may not necessarily know what to expect from Oregon. We're going to talk with a guy next that we hope has those answers. The voice of the Ducks, Jerry Allen, will join us to preview today's matchup in the Beaver State when we return to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Cougar Pre-Game Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. We're getting you ready for a matchup between two top 25 teams. It's number 12 BYU in Eugene taking on 25th ranked Oregon. And we're happy to be joined now by the longtime voice of the Oregon Ducks. His name is Jerry Allen. Jerry, thank you so much for taking a few minutes this morning. Uh, it's an honor to join you and talk about what should be a great football game. Yeah, we're certainly all looking forward to this one. And uh, Riley and I were joking about this in the last segment. We don't really know what to expect from Oregon. We don't really know what type of team this is. You've had sort of both ends of the spectrum in week one and week two. Do we know anything about Oregon to this point? Is there something that you can say, yes, this is what I know about this Duck team? Well, you know, you're right. On that first game against Georgia, the Ducks really got embarrassed by a great football team, a, a, a team that just did not make any mistakes. And so I really feel like Georgia right now is the number one team. Oregon put up a big score, didn't allow Eastern to score a lot or move the ball a lot. So really felt like they corrected a lot of those problems. But again, it was against uh, an FCS school. So you, you, you don't know yet whether you really have corrected all them because you're going to play another good football team this week. Jerry, talk about take a step back and talk about Oregon uh, as a program in general. 
obviously new head coach. I'm looking up and down their roster. Sophomore and their offensive and defensive starting 11. You have more sophomores than any other class. Obviously, COVID maybe has affected that a little bit. you got a starting quarterback who's a transfer from Auburn, obviously. Is this team this year looked at as one where – Hey, so many sophomores, underclassmen, we're not we're not peaking. Or is the expectation at Oregon year in year out you have to be a conference champion? It doesn't matter your freshman senior, you got to get the job done. Yeah, I think from a fan perspective, I think you know, the expectation is, hey, we want to see a championship team every year. You know, we want you to win every game. If you had to play an NFL team, we expect you to win that one too. So that's sort of the fan perspective. But I think the coaching staff uh, and even the team will tell you they they want to win every game. They want to execute at a high level. But I think they realize they went through three coaching changes in the last five years. Uh, the transfer portal has changed college football to a great degree. COVID extended seasons, uh, playing time for players. So it's it's really different right now. And I think I think Oregon and a lot of teams uh, are still adjusting to that. So uh, I don't know. Truly, and they'll never tell you what their true expectations are because it's always to win every game. That's it. But I'll just be honest with you. This is a pretty young team in a lot of areas, and with the coaching changes they've had, the lack of continuity, it's going to take Dan Lanning at least two years to kind of get his team the way he wants it. Recruiting has been excellent over the last three years, uh, but when he gets these guys all on the same page, they're going to be pretty good. Look, Jerry, it may be way too early to even answer this question, but you mentioned, you know, this this is a, going to be a couple-year uh, progression for Dan Lanning, a first-time head coach coming in. Overall, though, how has he been received early on? Oh, he's been received uh, really, really well. He has a personality that, that understands that he's the head coach and he's the guy in charge and has to manage and, and teach his coaches, and he's still teaching his coaches. It's fun to watch practice uh, because he sees things like no coach I have been around. And some coaches will hang around the defensive side or the offensive side or, you know, they've got their expertise. Mario Cristobal was hanging around the offensive line most of the time. Dan Lanning is kind of in the middle of the field and watches both sides of the ball, and he's always pointing out little things to players and coaches that uh, most people overlook. He's just a real detailed guy, but he does it in such a way that he's teaching. So he's that aspect is cool. He he really appreciates the fans. He really appreciates his team and coaches. But the one area where I really notice it that he gets it is he appreciates and treats the media with respect. He really understands that everybody is an important part of his football program. Outside of the quarterback, Bo Nix, give us maybe two players to watch on offense, two players to watch on defense for the BYU fans preparing for this game. Well, Oregon, you know, we don't have that bell cow running back as such. You don't have that one guy that's going to get 30 carries a game and, and going to pound you. But they've got like four guys that are going to play and rotate a lot. Sean uh, Dollars, uh, Byron Cardwell, probably a guy that comes back with the most experience. And, and then a couple of guys in Noah Whittington and Bucky Irving. Uh, they're all playing, and they're all playing, you know, four, five, six snaps a game, and, and they've been able to rotate, keep, get the job done, and, and be successful. Bo Nix, uh, I really think, has matured into what Oregon needs as a quarterback. Limited mistakes. He, he hit 14 different receivers last week in that game. So he surveys the field really, really well. One of the guys that was a key part of what he was doing, Terrence Ferguson, who was a tight end, and then Troy Franklin, a wide receiver. Troy seemed to be the go-to guy last week, but he's got Chase Cota transferred from UCLA. So your offense is there. The offensive line's all back from last year. 
On the defense, the two guys they really look at are Noah Sewell and Justin Flo. Those inside linebackers uh, are kind of the anchor of that defense uh, with a guy up front uh, named D.J. Johnson, who's a defensive rush end. He was on the offensive side of the ball last year until uh, we went and played Ohio State, and he made a sack late in the game to save the game for Oregon. So now he's a defensive end. But th- those, are, those are some of the names that should pop up a lot. Jerry, two quick questions before we let you go, and we do appreciate your time today. What's the talk amongst the Oregon folks about this BYU team coming in? Well, Oregon has played BYU six previous times, so this is like you know the, the seventh game of a World Series match or mm-hmm. game. And every time Oregon has played BYU, the one thing that sticks out is that they are so disciplined and so mature, and the other thing is that they're physical. So that's, that's what's been talked about a lot. Uh, in practice and and amongst fans, that BYU is just a it's just a different team. They 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 handle themselves so well. I, I think Dan Lanning said the other night on our show, you're going to see a team that uh, gives you 100 percent on every play, even on the kickoff. If it's uh, in deep in the end zone, everybody's going to run all the way to the end zone. They follow all the way through. So there's quite a bit of respect for the way that BYU handled themselves on a football field. Uh, there have been some tough losses for Oregon. There's been some big wins for Oregon, so it's just fun playing them. All right, last thing, and I, and I want to make sure that I asked you this. This has absolutely nothing to do with today's game or matchup, but the offseason, and it seems like every offseason, is now all about conference realignment and changes and all of that stuff. Obviously, the Pac-12 has been somewhat front and center uh, this offseason. With the season underway, has the the talk or at least the focus on everything in terms of is the Pac-12 going to stay together? Is is Oregon looking to leave with Washington? Has that died down or is that still a, a big topic of discussion right now? You know, it really has died down. Once the season got going, it was like, uh, you know, you keep throwing chunks of mud against the wall and hoping one of them sticks and, okay, there's what's going to happen. But they all keep sliding down, so pretty soon you get tired of throwing those chunks of mud. <laughs> the season is... Uh, is captured everybody's attendance. The coaches and the players don't want to talk about realignment, and, and nobody really knows. So, uh, yeah, it was until we find out something real, we're just all we're doing the same thing. We're guessing. Well, what about this? Well, maybe. Man, and, uh, who knows? So uh, it's it's still very much up in the air. Jerry, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. The insight was fantastic. We appreciate you stopping by and have a great call today. And I appreciate the opportunity. You guys have a great game as well. Thank you very much. That is the voice of the Oregon Ducks, Jerry Allen. We appreciate him taking a few minutes with us this morning. Coming up next in Cougar Cuts, why BYU knows it can't think it has already arrived after the Baylor victory. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. It's time for Cougar Cuts. And as great as the win over Baylor was, and let's be honest, it was fantastic, offensive lineman Connor Pay says that this team has been through this before and knows it has to focus solely on this week's matchup. It's just business as usual. You know, we love it when the fans get excited, um, especially after a big win like that. But for us, our minds are all on Oregon now and preparing uh, the same way we do every week. I mean, we've been through this before after uh, the Utah game last year. 
had a really emotional win, having to regroup and refocus for Arizona State. So I think just making sure that we um, stay focused on our opponent this week and prepare the way we know how and know that we're going into a hostile environment to play a really quality team um, and just preparing like we do every week. As long as we do what we're coached to do, then I think we'll, we'll be okay and we'll be ready to play. You know, Riley, we touched on this in the opening segment of pregame, but, you know, as a former player, you can certainly talk to this in terms of just cutting out the noise pushing that to the back burner it's great to have you always want to have people that believe that you can be successful but but you just can't worry about what's happened in the past good or bad speak to that mindset and how you have to approach a game like this so uh, both in performance psychology and even just in in normal psychology the, the idea of taking something out of your out of your mindset or out of your your mental frame of work or your mental framework is Uh, it's really impossible unless it's replaced with something, meaning that, like, it's going to leave a void, and then whatever you just took out is going to creep right back in. So the best antidote for having, you know, a big emotional event happen in sports for the positive or for the negative is to get focused on the next task at hand. And when, you know, you look at... We are surrounded by these, like, bright yellow O's, right, that are all (laughs) over here. So when you walk into the locker room and you see that countdown to kickoff uh, up on the screen there with that big yellow O that you've been recognized, I mean, for all of these kids, Oregon has been a top-tier program, you know, the coolest, Phil Knight. Like, it has been in its prime for as long as these kids have been alive on the BYU team. So that's going to get your attention really quick, and your attention is going to shift. There's going to be no void. It will be automatic we feel by the fact that man we have to go up to eugene yeah. and take care of business against one of the top programs uh, in college football over the last 20 years and so uh that that the big emotional swing of baylor just kind of fades into the background because the concentration is so forward focused let's stick with uh, with connor pay against baylor the cougar offense struggled running the football and connor says that has to be different today against the ducks yeah, I think obviously we didn't do as good a job as we could have um, in the run game, and that's that's our responsibility as an offensive line. And so I think we just need to do a better job of starting and sustaining our combo blocks and getting to the second level because, like you said, Oregon has a, has a great defense. Um, they're fast. They flow. Their linebackers fill hard, and it's going to be another challenge this week to run the football. And so we're going to have to be really consistent in our technique uh, and make sure that we're on our – our P's and Q's going against a defense like this. So, Riley, in in watching the film and being able to see this Oregon defense, do you think BYU has the opportunity to to run the football uh, much more uh, significantly than they did last week? I do because Baylor, we are. This is a completely different style, right? Like, so like I liken it from imagine. The Jazz are what? Pick your favorite NBA team. Sorry, the Jazz. <laughs> Imagine BYU <laughs> is your favorite NBA team, right? They are going from playing, and I'm going to cross eras, so stay with me as I wander through this analogy, right? They're going from playing the Tim Duncan, Tim Robinson Spurs, right, where the ball goes into the post every time and it's lockdown defense, to playing, you know, a team that's. I, I, I won't give Oregon the full credit by calling them 
the Warriors. Maybe let's call them like the Steve Nash Phoenix Suns, right, where it's run, okay. gun, and up and down and get a bunch of shots up. So stylistically, Baylor and Oregon could not be more different, even though they share the same uniform colors. So I anticipate BYU being able to find a lot more yards on the ground. What this what this Oregon defense does that Baylor doesn't is they try and create chaos. You're going to see they, they, they invert down a lot of players. They mix up between, you know, five-man, four-man, three-down looks uh, on the defensive front. They're just constantly doing something different. To me, that's why they're not going to be able to execute as a higher level, but Baylor was unsuccessful at, you know, causing a, a turnover or creating much havoc for the BYU offense last year, where that is probably Oregon's primary goal. So the styles are going to be very contrasting, but they're just from what I can see on film, there are going to be a lot more holes to be had and yards to be gained on the ground. So this uh, this has nothing to do with Cougar Cuts, but I just saw a um, uh, the BYU Sports Nation account tweeted a, a, a hit from Spencer Linton, who's there in Eugene for the uh, the BYU TV pregame show, and he said that they're anticipating about eight to 10,000 BYU fans. What's the crowd looking like right now? Have you seen a lot of blue up there? I mean, we know, look, we know BYU is going to be well, well represented wherever they go, but there is such a large cougar population in the Pacific Northwest. Have you seen a lot of blue up there? So from the press box up here, it, Oregon's really cool. It, they have like a whole, uh, you know, compound where they have all their different facilities. So I'm sitting to my right. I'm overlooking the soccer complex uh, just to the to the side of that or just a, a little bit further away from me is the baseball field and the baseball stadium of course everyone knows oregon phil knight nike yeah. money all that their facilities are immaculate here and so their baseball stadium which i can see here they've opened up the concourse for a byu fan tailgate so nice. the the entire concourse of the baseball stadium which is not small you know think of byu's uh, baseball stadium and maybe double it in size that entire concourse is filled with royal blue i was up and out for a run this morning uh, you know well before game time and I saw tons of Royal Blue out there, you know, getting their pregame walks in, trying to find some breakfast. Uh, that doesn't surprise me to, to see 10,000. Now, that said, as uh, Greg, Mitch, and I were rolling into the parking lot here today, Oregon was out full force tailgating, you know, 9, 9.30 in the morning, right? And some people were already getting a little tipsy out here. Yeah. So I do not expect any, uh, e- e- even though the dilution is going to be a, a little bit greater <laughs> with such a strong presence of BYU fans, the Ducks and, and and their faithful will not uh, concede um, the the, influ- the fan influence lightly. Well, the, the good news is it's going to stand out on television because the colors are nowhere similar at all. So the the royal blue is going to stand out next to all of whether whether they're wearing the green, yellow, white. I know the players are wearing black, but I'm talking about fans in the stands. Uh, BYU's the Roy- fans. Yeah, oh, sorry, B- they called the fans. They're they're calling this their nightmare game. So there they you asked go. the fans to be in either that dark, dark forest or black. So most of all, the Oregon, it's it's all black with the yellow accent. So you're right. Even more contrast yes. with the royal and white against that. All right, coming up next, sophomore strong safety Ammon Hanneman joins me for this week's edition of Shep Talk. More Cougar pregame live coming your way right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Cougar pregame live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. 
Sophomore Ammon Hanneman earned the strong safety position out of camp due to his impressive play during camp, but also what he showed last season in 10 games that also included four starts. Ammon is the latest Hanneman to make his mark at BYU, and he's off to a great start. Certainly things are going well on the field, but off the field as well. Ammon and his wife Lindsay recently had a baby girl, and I asked Ammon how fatherhood has changed things for him. Honestly, amazing. It gives you a lot more to play for, definitely. You know, having a little kid, I'm sure every father and mother knows that, that it gives you an extra little boost of energy and of, uh, you know, will to do things. But it's also been really busy, you know, trying to handle that. Football and uh, school is not easy, not an easy task. Yeah, you uh, you throw in parenthood, you throw in football, you throw in school, you got a lot on your plate. I know your daughter's still pretty little. Did did the little one get to experience the Baylor win or is she still <laughs> No, yeah, she was no, she was there. She was there oh, the whole nice. time. She, she slept the entire game. <laughs> she slept the whole game? Yep, even with all the loud cheering. We got some headphones and she's she was a trooper. Got a good one in it, but you've got a child that will sleep through that. That's amazing. All right, so let's let's move on then. And, and speaking of that, while still moving on to the next game, I'm sure that there are things from that game against Baylor that you hope to build off of heading to Oregon. How do you sure. put that game in the past yet still use it as somewhat of a springboard moving forward? Yeah, I think the best way to do that was you know, we looked at the film, saw things we can improve on, but then also – saw how physical we could be. So we just kind of boost it, use that and realize that we're a physical team, but then also learn from our mistakes of assignments or angles or just little small things. So as awesome as the environment at Lavelle Edwards stadium on Saturday was, and it was unbelievable. Awesome yeah. stadium is also known for being quite the home field advantage for the ducks yeah. due to their atmosphere. So how do things change for you guys now that you're going from having the crowd on your side to an atmosphere like that where they'll be against you. Yeah, honestly, for the defense, it'll be it'll be kind of nice. We'll actually be able to hear each other when we're out on the field. <laughs> you know, at Lavelle, you can't – we just have to put up numbers of our fingers and we just have to communicate sign language. But over there, their fans will only be allowed for our offense or our defense will be able to at least communicate. <laughs> Are you guys looking forward to this? I mean, beyond just the game, this is a this is a pretty cool atmosphere. And there's a lot of really cool oh, yeah. stories about people going to Otson and the environment. I gotta imagine that's gonna be a pretty cool place to play. Oh yeah. No, I'm we're all very excited. You know, a lot of people grew up watching that, watching people play in Oregon and so it's a very exciting, exciting thing to go play over there. What just stood out to you about the Oregon offense? They're fast, you know, they're always they're always fast. That's what they they saw from themselves around. So they have a lot of athletic dudes with a lot of speed. So now we're just trying to prepare for that. What has it meant to you to have earned the starting strong safety spot beginning this season? You got a couple starts last year, but to be named the starter right out of the gate, I got to imagine that's a pretty cool moment for you. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's a lot nicer because then you can focus more on uh, the games. You can focus a lot more on the opponents and of what you have to do to prepare for games, not just a starting and how much playing time you're going to get. The Hanneman name is and has been well represented in BYU athletics throughout the years. What's it like for you to carry on that legacy? It's good. I want to, you know, I try to make my own name for myself also, but it's also good to have older brothers who's been here and done great things. You mentioned it. You want to forge your own name and your own legacy. 
What does that look like to you? What What do you want your legacy at BYU to be? Oh, that's a great question. I want to, you know, mostly just be a dependable guy for um, like teammates, coaches, and the fans, just knowing that I'm going to be in the right spot at the right time and that I'm going to be physical. You know, I'm, I think I'm the biggest brother. So, well, I am the biggest brother, so try to take that physicality. <laughs> so now you, you live with your brother. In full disclosure, Ammon and his wife, they live directly behind me. We're in the same ward, so, yep. but, so we know each other. But you live with your brother, who obviously is very competitive and played baseball and in the minor leagues. Yep. More competitive between you two in the house. Oh, I don't know. It gets Whenever we play games on Sundays, it gets very competitive. I'd say it's pretty head-to-head um, okay. on competitiveness. But I'll tell you one thing. Whenever I come home on Sunday, I know he's going to have – he always has a list of things I did right and things I did wrong, and he coaches me harder than anybody else. So <laughs> that's always fun. That's good. That's good. Hey, that's what big brothers are, uh, are for, right? Yep. All right, let's wrap things up with the final four questions. All right, what is your favorite class at BYU? Ooh, favorite class. Um, public speaking, Stephanie Freeman. Mm. She's, okay. I like, she's, she's a great teacher. So, and it comes in handy in times like this, right? Yep. Okay. Which is better the book or the movie? I'm 100% a movie guy. I'll watch. I'm a movie guy. I wish that my wife's a book bookworm, but I'm for sure a movie guy. Yep. Same with me. My wife is all about <laughs> the books. I'm all about the movies. Well done. Yep, I, what's the first thing you would buy if you inherited a million dollars? First thing I'd buy? A nice house for my family. That's what I want. You can't go wrong with buying a brand new house. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Yes. With a big old yard. (laughs) Okay. So are you willing to do the yard work though that comes with the big yard? Oh yeah. I can do the yard work. Okay. Last thing. What will you remember most about the era of independence? Ooh, honestly, just being able to play in all different kinds of places. You know, we get to go all around the nation playing just different teams, different atmospheres, I don't know if there's a specific thing I remember the most, but I think that's just the coolest thing then then with being independence is we kind of just get to play whoever we want. You know, we're not bounded by a uh, conference, you could say. Ammon, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. I really do appreciate it. It's been fun to watch you this season and looking for uh, for more big things, not only this week against Oregon, but as the season continues. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. That was BYU Strong Safety Ammon Hanneman. And look, Here's the thing. I hate yard work. I hate yard work with a passion. It's one of the things I hate the most. If Ammon loves yard work so much, the only thing that separates his yard and my yard is a fence. He can hop that back fence if he ever wants to come over and mow my yard as well. It's per- I'm, I'm throwing that out there. I'm going to talk it into existence. If he would like to mow my yard, I'm just saying it's, uh, it's available if he really wants to practice before he gets that big house he's talking about. Uh, thanks uh, to Ammon for taking a few minutes this week and uh, always appreciate the time that uh, that we get from the BYU football players for our Shep Talk interviews. All right, coming up next, our journey through the best wins of independence takes us back to another big BYU versus Pac-12 matchup. You're tuned in to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, and this is uh, this has quickly turned into one of my favorite segments. I've really enjoyed this the first couple of weeks. Looking forward to continuing it throughout the rest of this season. But as we continue to look back on the best wins of the Independence Era, 
I thought since BYU is playing one of the more prominent Pac-12 teams currently, we should revisit a matchup against one of the highest profile teams in the Pac-12 that BYU previously faced. So let's go all the way back, hit back in the Wayback Machine, all the way to 2019. September 14th, Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah is the site. It was BYU hosting number 24, USC. This is one week after upsetting Tennessee in Knoxville. USC, as I mentioned, came in ranked number 24. The Trojans would actually get on the board first, Keaton Slovis to Michael Pittman Jr., and the Trojans would lead 7-0. BYU would tie it up. Diane Gonwolaku getting a rushing touchdown. The game was tied at 7-7 at that point. They would go into halftime tied at 17, and then ultimately at the end of regulation, the game would be tied at 27. Jake Oldroyd would give BYU the lead 30-27 on the Cougars' overtime possession. The Trojans would then have their chance, but on third down, Kavika Fonua would tip the Slovis pass, and Gonwalaku would swoop in for the INT and seal the BYU victory. Zach Wilson finished with 280 yards passing and a touchdown, and Tyson Williams rushed for a career-high 99 yards. You've heard me talk about it. How about we listen to it? And they go with a scrum formation. Austin Kefensis is under center. The toss, touchdown, BYU. It was Gamolaku, the other number five on the touchdown run. Two number fives and the defensive one on the scrum formation, Gamolaku took it in. Tight end left, trips, wide outs right. Zach Gunn, play fake to Tyson. Zach throws to the 10, to the 5, caught at the goal line. Touchdown, Cougars! Touchdown, Cougars! And Dax Milne puts the Cougars back on top. Trips left, twins right, empty, quarterback drop. Wilson 15, 10, Wilson on his feet, 5, on his feet, touchdown! Into the end zone he goes, and the Cougars take the lead! So Mitch Harris will snap to Hayden Livingston. The kick will come from the attacking right hash. Low snap, kick on its way, and through for three for Jake Oldroyd. Career long of 43, he's three for four today, and BYU takes a 30-27 lead. Trips to the wide right for Slovis in the gun. He claps the hands, takes a chest high snap. He will throw quickly, batted up, and intercepted. Did they get it? If they got it, it's over. It's over. The Cougars picked it off. And in overtime, they won it. They're taking a look at it. The referee's got the headphones on. And they are literally now in the process of clearing hundreds, if not a couple thousand fans off the field here at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. The BYU players are ready to party with their fans. The headset's off. Here's the call. After review, the ruling on the field stands. Interception. Always fun to relive those. A great call, as always, by the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. And, and Riley, look, it was only 2019, but that seems so long ago, doesn't it? I was going to say the opposite. Oh, really? That, okay. Yeah, wasn't that only a week or two ago? And maybe it's because the circumstances around this game feel so familiar, right? Big overtime win against a ranked opponent at, at home. And going into that Washington game, you know, now granted that Washington game was at home, but that's what followed the USC game. Cougars came out a little bit flat. Washington was good enough. Now, a couple things. Washington, I think, is better than this Oregon team. But going back to the USC game. 
One of the things was, and obviously it was Keaton Slovis' first start as a freshman, but, I mean, a bevy of talent out at the wide receiver position. A little bit different here at Oregon, more talent at the wide, at the running back and flex tight end position than they have on the edge. But still, a bunch of talent there, but a quarterback who is known to make mistakes in that game. And I know some BYU fans express frustration and still express frustration, but get, I'm warning you, get ready for it today. And I don't have any insider knowledge, but just knowing Coach Tuiaki and seeing the challenge that this Oregon offense poses, get ready for a lot of three-down linemen, a lot of drop eight, a lot of bend-don't-break. Oregon is going to get some yards between the 20s, but where Coach Tuiaki and Coach Sitake and staff and players are going to make them earn their money is in the red zone, and I, I actually like that bet because Oregon's execution in high-pressure situations has not been good to, to this point in the young season, and uh, anyway, it, it reminds me a lot. I, I think this could potentially look a lot like that USC game from years ago. Except the weather. By the way, what is the weather expected to be? Because what I remember, one of the things I remember was it was an absolute perfect day. It was an afternoon game. The sun was shining it was just a great September afternoon for football. What's the weather supposed to be like in Eugene today? So uh, beautiful. I'm looking out to my right, and I actually see like four hawks. I don't think they're as big to be eagles, but they're just like soaring. It's picturesque around here. Though The only negative is you look off in the distance. They've had some wildfires up here in Oregon. Uh, you can see some haze, but by no means do you notice that at all in the stadium. Uh mid to low 60s currently it's around 60 when we got here it was about 55 temperatures been climbing it is sunny and kind of like partly cloudy like i said with some of that smoke haze in the distance but it's it's a picturesque pacific northwest day look riley as long as it's not uh, the vultures circling i think everything's going to be okay today <laughs> that's right all right coming up next we will visit with the voice greg grubel stops by hope to get an update on byu's receivers will they play Will they have to sit one more week? We'll find out hopefully when we return. Cougar Pregame Live continues next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Joining us now is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Uh, good morning, Greg. How are you? Moved over last Saturday. There we go. I think we we, uh, we lost Greg there for a second. Uh, I apologize for the uh, the quick technical issues. Uh, sorry, I missed that, Greg. What did you say? And I just said uh, good morning to you, and you sound much better than you did a week oh, ago. Oh, my goodness, yes. There's no question. Uh, look, the only the people that really suffered from my voice being lost last Saturday was anybody listening that had to hear that raspy voice. Uh, but here, that is a perfect segue, though, Greg, in terms of so, – so I am on the mend. The voice is much better a week later. Uh, what do we know in terms of BYU's receivers? Are they on the mend, or are they going to have to stay back a little bit? Well, uh, Gunnar Romney did not make the trip. Puka did make the trip but did not warm up. And in our pregame conversation, Kalani said, officially game time, but he wasn't planning on being with Puka today. So he was planning on, on, on Nakua not playing. And then Nakua was in a boot and in sweats during warm-up, so he, he'll not be playing today. So uh, both wide receivers will be out uh, today. And then uh, defensively, a couple D linemen are out. And, and these are pretty good players. <laughs> Tyler Batty and Earl Tuioti Mariner will not play. So BYU is missing two of its best offensive and two of its best defensive players against a ranked Oregon team at Otson. Not how you draw it up in week two 
or week three, I should say. Still pretty early in the season to be down so many key players, but BYU is. That said, BYU beat a top ten team, uh, missing some important players last week. And so the Cougs have already proven to themselves and their fans uh, they can step up and, and compensate, and they'll need to do it again in one of the toughest environments in all of college football. Greg, uh, you mentioned the defensive front. Offensively, uh, our, uh, my biggest thing in a game like this where it's going to be a contrasting styles, BYU's 5-0 linemen up front. I imagine everything's still good there, the seven-man rotation. Uh, the rest of the offense looking good? Yeah, the only real concerns they have are, are the four players we just mentioned, and I think it's been a real strong, uh, it's been a strong suit for BYU, but Baylor really took the edge off of that run game last week, and and a-Rod in our coordinator's corner Monday said that's the best front that he's coached against. So I think we have to, you know, take what BYU produced. And, and, and it wasn't like they got nothing. They got almost 90 yards. It was nothing. It was maybe just enough last week. But I, I think that BYU would hope to run the ball a little better this week than they did last week against Baylor. And I really do think that was the missing link last week. Had BYU been a little more consistent running the football, um, they might have had more than just that one-score margin by the end. And I, I, I just have a sense that even though Chase Roberts was unbelievable last week, um, and there are others who can contribute besides Chase, I almost feel like it's got to be a, a you know 150-yard rush day for BYU today to have their best shot at, at, at defeating Oregon. One thing that's interesting about Oregon is that you know their head coach now is a D.C. Their head coach is a defensive guy. And so as much as Oregon's identity for years and years has been, you know, high-powered, explosive offensive football, Georgia, you know, totally dulled that effect in week one. And then against Eastern Washington, well, yeah, you score 70. That's kind of expected. But it's the way they did it. There were no real – there wasn't a steady diet of chunk plays from from Oregon in week two. And I I expected that to be a big play day for the Ducks. And so even though – this sounds kind of crazy. Even though they scored 70 – they did it in kind of elementary fashion. Nothing really flashy about what they did last week. And and their long play in the year is still only uh, 39 yards. You know, they're, they're not busting these huge plays that you kind of expect from Oregon football. That's been interesting to me is that Oregon's not as explosive, at least through two games. And again, it's such a weird thing. Riley and Shep in the audience, you just don't know. This is the first real test for yeah. Oregon. George is the number one team in the country that was just so fast and so hard-hitting to everything Oregon did, and they just destroyed the Ducks. Second week, you play in FCS, you're going to win that way. So this is the first real opportunity, I think, to see, well, what's Oregon really look like against uh, similar caliber competition? And yes, the Ducks are favored by three and a half, four points. That's a home field phenomenon, I think. We'll get the best idea of what Oregon really is, because through two weeks, they're not just exploding all over the field, uh, as you might expect them to uh, in years past. And BYU's... uh, hallmark right now is keeping plays in front of it uh the the long play on the season is allowed was a 50-yard reception against usf that's one of only three scrimmage plays of 20 yards or more that byu's allowed all year and and, and i say all year it's two games but still that, that's a decent enough sample size to say that byu's got a pretty decent philosophy and it involves keeping plays in front of it. So that's something I noted that I, it may maybe come into play today is just how explosive or maybe not explosive Oregon's been and how well BYU's been at keeping the big plays against. BYU, obviously, at 2-0. and It's interesting that the two victories have come in completely different ways. You know, the first one against South Florida, BYU just absolutely destroys the Bulls early, and you're kind of cruising. The second game against Baylor, it's much more hard fought. You know, it's it's a grind it out. You get the win that way. Greg, if you look at those two wins for BYU, 
What do you think is a common denominator that you think can translate from those two wins into this matchup today? Uh, I, I think it's uh, I, I think it's BYU's uh, BYU's defense and BYU's care with the football. One turnover through two games, and 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 that's where BYU is getting it done right when they when they play clean. And and the the theme of maybe like the back half of Kalani's tenure as opposed to the front half of his tenure has been just how good BYU has been at taking care of the football. It used to be that that zero turnover games were you know kind of a rarity. You might get one every four or five games. Well, pretty much it's every other game right now that BYU plays turnover or give away free football. That's where I think BYU gives itself the best chance to win lately is just by being clean. And they don't even have to be positive in the turnover margin. Just don't lose the turnover battle. And, and that's really key today, Jason, because Oregon has won 17 straight games when they are the team that's positive in the turnover margin. And some of that's intuitive. Well, of course, the team that wins the turnover battle wins the football game. But for BYU, it's just how frequently they are play, playing clean football games. That really jumps out. And, and if that pattern continues to hold, BYU gives itself an excellent chance uh, today here at Autzen. And again, it's pretty much every other game BYU plays a zero turnover game. And that is a real change from what uh, what has happened in the past. I mentioned that Oregon has won 17 straight with a positive turnover margin. Well, BYU's right there. 16 wins in a row for BYU. So you could argue that whichever team ends up plus in the margin is going to win today's football game. And yet if it's even as it was last week, BYU still gives itself an excellent shot. By the way, does uh, somebody have a rotary phone there in the background? Does somebody need to go pick that up? Uh, I thought that was on your end, Jason. I don't I know where like, man, I, I've been in the BYU broadcast. <laughs> I didn't know... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's the, where's Lily where where's Lily Tomlin with the one ringy dingy? <laughs> and, that, and that, by the way, really takes me back into a certain into a certain wheelhouse of people my age. And oh, so yes. for, for the younger people out there, no clue what I just said, but uh, Google it. Yeah, exactly. Google it because it is pretty yeah. funny, guys. Great yeah. stuff as always. Riley will let you go. Fantastic stuff, Greg. Thank you as always. Insight is spectacular. Uh, we'll give you guys a little bit of a break. We'll hear both of you coming up in about twenty five minutes or so. Thanks, Shep. There we go. That's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. We will take a very quick timeout. We'll be back in 10 seconds. And Mitchell Jurgens will join us. We'll continue previewing BYU at Oregon when we come back to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. 12th ranked BYU on the road at 25th ranked Oregon. It is a battle at Autzen Stadium. And I'm joined now from our sideline reporter and uh, our star man, if you will, former BYU receiver Mitchell Jurgens, joining me from the press box. Hello, Mitchell. How are you? I'm doing well, Jason. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. Uh, it's going to be a fun day. Uh, and I'm, I'm ex- I've been looking forward to this one. It's, it's one of those games, I don't know if you felt this way, but, you know, you, you kind of assumed you knew how South Florida was going to go. And it, it played out yeah. like you thought. You get the win, then you move on. And it was like, okay, then let's see what happens with Baylor and then Oregon. And then now you get the Baylor one. Now it's like, okay, now I'm really curious to see how BYU fares against Oregon. I, I don't know if you kind of viewed the first three games like that. But that's kind of how I looked at this going into the year. 
Oh, yeah. I, I mean, coming into the season, as we all looked at the schedule, um, to be 2-0 and coming to Oregon was the dream for every BYU fan, right? If, if only BYU can take care of I mean, they're going to take care of South Florida. If they can pull out a win against Baylor and go into Oregon 2-0, and like this is, this is the dream start. So this is, this is crunch time. This is the game we've been waiting for. We've got, we've got the matchup we wanted with you know, BYU being 2-0, and and it's, it's time to go. You know, a lot's been made, and rightfully so, of the atmosphere at Autzen Stadium. I mean, it has a reputation for a reason. It's a tough place to play. It gets loud there. It can be an intimidating place to play. You, however, have obviously experienced some pretty loud crowds, and one of them was last week against Baylor. You were down there. You experienced everything that happened during the game and then afterwards. Do you think there's a chance that Autzen can compete with what you went through last week? You know, from from what I've heard about, you know, I've I've heard the same things about Autzen Stadium. From what I've heard, it can definitely compete, but I have a hard time believing that it will be as loud or impactful, um, almost like game changing, right? As Lavelle Edwards yep. Stadium, and we've seen it. We saw it dating back to last year with Arizona State. We saw, I mean, the penalties that the the BYU crowd forces these opposing offenses into is is just remarkable. Um, and I don't know if you saw this, Jason, but the the video that was going around of the student section jumping simultaneously yeah. uh, the raw i mean that was that was incredible and that's that's something that you just can't replicate i mean with that said though the the words getting out that you know of how difficult it's it is to play in provo and i guarantee you I, you know i have a feeling that this this Oregon home base is is coming out saying, look, I, I, we get, we've heard over and over how hard it is to play in Provo. We're going to make you feel that it's that hard, if not harder, to play here at Austin Stadium. So, uh, I mean, it, I'll still give the edge to the crowd at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, um, but I have no doubt that it's going to get rowdy. It's going to get it's going to get loud, and it's going to be an experience. Mitchell Jurgens joining me from Eugene, Oregon. He'll be roaming the sidelines today here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Look, even with the blowout win over Eastern Washington, I've, I've been reading and listening uh, to to some of the media folks up uh, up in that area, and even the Oregon media still aren't quite sure what the Ducks are, kind of feel like they still have a ways to go before they really figure things out. What areas do you feel like BYU can exploit today to take advantage of a group that's that's maybe still trying to find its way? Yeah, they they need to go pedal to the metal on on offense. Um, Oregon's defense they they've been struggling, especially in those big moments. Um, Georgia obviously they're the number one team in the country, but they went they went nine of ten on third down conversions. Um, and, and then you know even though statistically it looked like they had a killer game against Eastern Washington, they still didn't look like they had it all together, as as you've heard from these reporters, right? Um, and, and and so there's a lot of holes on this defense. And if Aaron Roderick plays it right, I think. That they can take advantage today a um, couple things that you know, we'll, we'll be watching for right as long as they can take care of the football not turn the ball over convert in the red zone to points obviously touchdowns are preferred but if they can come out of their red zone appearances with points um, and then lastly eliminate three and outs we saw against Baylor last week how how difficult it was and and the outcome it had on time of possession when you go three and out you're, you're not giving yourselves time of possession we can wear out your um, you know the BYU defense and so if they can do those things right um, I think they can you know the, they should be in pretty good shape today we found out that uh, Puka and Gunner both are going to miss another week so BYU's offense will not have their services today 
Did you see enough from Chase Roberts and others against Baylor? And let's be honest, they were fantastic. Chase Roberts was amazing last week. Did you see enough to feel confident that that type of production is likely to continue without Puka and Gunner? Yeah, uh, honestly, Jason, I did. I mean, Chase Chase Roberts, he's a wide receiver one who, who's just been waiting for his time to shine. Um, the, I think the future of this BYU receiving core is is in great hands. Um, no pun intended there, Jason. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, with with Chase at the helm, with when Puka and Gunner are out, I mean, they're. They're, they're going to do just fine. Um, he showed promise in every aspect of the receiving game. You know, his routes are money. They're crisp. They're sharp. Um, he has great hands. He's fast. He can separate. And, and one of the biggest and most, uh, I think, important factors is he's cool and calm under pressure. I mean, this is, this is kind of his first time to shine, and he looked like a veteran. Um, the moment doesn't get too big for him as he made plays in those big moments. And, uh, and you know, behind him, Cody Epps, Braden Cosper, Keanu Hill, they've, they've all made big, ca- big catches through two games. And and have proven to be very reliable targets for Jaron. So, you know, I think this this receiving core, they have promise, they have depth, and, and I'm excited. I, I'm super excited to watch another showing for them today. You know, we also found out that Tyler Batty is not going to play uh, Earl Tuioti Mariner, so two players on the defensive line and two wide receivers. What do you think is, is the, the bigger loss for BYU today? Is it the two receivers or is it the two defensive linemen? Yeah, I'm going to say it's the two defensive linemen. I mean, we've seen, and and like I just was talking about, the depth on the offense is is remarkable. And we're we're not even talking about the tight ends. And and up to this point, they, they haven't been too involved. But... If they need to be, they will be in the passing game, and so the the offenses, honestly, in my eyes, they're, they're taken care of. They've got they've got backup plans, and and they can produce. And we saw that last week on the defensive line. I mean, the so far the the defense has been amazing through two weeks, especially that defensive front to hold Baylor under three yards um, th- under three yards a carry last yeah. week for a team that's proven to be a smash mouth football team. Like that's remarkable. Um, I, I think. With those two guys out, Batty, Mariner, I mean, I think that'll be the test, right? Can the guys step up? And we've seen it. We know that they can, but can they last the four quarters? Can they compete? Can they be physical um, enough to, to slow down this Oregon offense? That's going to be the question mark, and I think potentially could be the bigger loss for BYU just not having those guys active. All right, last question for you, and I've mentioned this a couple of times during the broadcast, that really the two things that I'm looking at today, I want to see if BYU can get more ground game uh, be better on the ground running the football. But also, I, I want to see if BYU's pass defense can continue to be as dominant as it has been through the first two weeks. That's really impressed me. What what, what are you paying attention to today? What, what area uh, has your focus? Yeah, for me, it's for sure who's going to win the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, on the offensive side, and you alluded to it, um, I mean, this is going to be the test. If, if Chris Brooks and this offensive line can get early success and run the ball efficiently throughout the game starting in the first quarter, I think Aaron Rodgers' playbook just opens up dramatically and puts them in a really good position to control the game. Um, on the defensive side, right, it's going to be a test without Mariner and Batty, um, but we've seen truly how tough and physical the front seven is for BYU through two games. Um, it was an absolute slugfest last week, and some are saying that they can't stay that physical for too long. But if BYU can prove them wrong, right, that this was not a fluke, that it's difficult week after week to run the football against BYU, again, I think this defense can control the game and show another dominant performance against a really good and fast offense. Mitchell, great stuff as always. Hey, and if you're on the sidelines, don't let the, the Oregon mascot Puddles uh, give you any <laughs> flack today. 
Hey, I won't. I'll, I'll be. Uh, I'll head on a swivel today. Nice. I guess for me as well. By, by the way, I. I debated. I was this close to saying instead of give you some flack, I was going to say give you some quack. But I, you know, duck puns. Everybody loves a duck pun, right? But I decided hey, against it. Hey, we're 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 open to the puns. I think I think the listeners like it. Okay, well, we'll let them decide. I'm sure they'll there tell me go. on Twitter. It seems like where everybody has an opinion there. <laughs> Mitchell, great stuff, man. We'll uh, we're here on the broadcast coming up. Thanks. Yeah, thanks, Jason. There we go. That's Mitchell Jurgens. We bring you the pregame information and all of the dad jokes. On the other side, hear what Oregon head coach Dan Lanning thinks of today's matchup against the Cougars. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Cougar Pre-Game Live is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. It's a battle between two top 25 teams. It's number 12 BYU and number 25 Oregon from Eugene. It's time to hear from Ducks first-year head coach Dan Lanning. And this week, the media asked Dan about this matchup with BYU. And Coach Lanning says he's excited to face the Cougars. Obviously really excited to play a really good BYU team. Uh, they're really talented, um, you know, about as excited to go play them as I am to see our fans, you know, in the seats. This is going to be a big game where they can make an impact. Um, was really pleased with the crowd this past Saturday, and I know that they're even going to be cranked up louder, uh, more intense this next week. I think this is the kind of game that, um, you know, the Hudson crowd can make a big, big impact uh, in the game. But this team's a really talented team that we're about to go play. You know, the more I watch their film, the more respect I have for them and the job they do. They play the game uh, with a certain level of physicality and violence. That's fun to see on film, and I know it's going to be a fun game for our players. We've obviously spent a lot of time sort of scratching our heads, not really knowing what to expect today from Oregon just because of you know the way that they played in game one where they lost to Georgia and then playing a team that they should dominate and did you're still kind of wondering what type of team they are this early in the season and coach Landing was asked if he's seeing any identity emerge on both sides of the ball for his yeah, I think we're closer uh, today than we were last week, um, but still not completely where we want to be. You know, there's certainly a lot of positives to come out of the last game. You know, we had a ton of first downs and we're able to move the ball really well on offense. I'd love to see some more of those, you know, plays that were 15 yards turn into 30-yard plays, create some more explosives. I think a lot of that has to do with how we play without the ball, you know, down the field with our finishing blocks and, and being able to, instead of, you know, buying a ticket and being a spectator on a play, going and finishing blocks and plays. Um, that's something we're looking for for certain on offense. You know, defensively, um, have to continue to play within the framework of the defense and, and play with relentless effort. But you want to have an opportunity to create some more negatives, um, be able to finish on some one-on-ones. We certainly were able to get some takeaways this last game. That's got to be something we continue to do moving forward. As a defensive guy, former defensive coordinator for the national champion Georgia Bulldogs, Coach Lanning, you know, has paid very close attention to Jaron Hall and the BYU offense. His, here are his thoughts on both. One of the things about BYU's offense is they're one, over time they've been one of the most explosive offenses as far as getting the ball down the field and distributing the ball down the field. They really stretch the field. Hall does a great job of distributing the ball. He throws a good ball, understands their offense, but also has the ability to run. You know, so he presents some good challenges with his ability to scramble. But I'd say he's a quarterback that looks to throw it right and, and uh, keeps his eyes downfield. 
while we spent a lot of time talking about BYU needing to run the football a lot better today, Coach Lanning discusses his team's running game. Yeah, running hard and, and, and you know, continued improvement. You know, um, I think last game we were able to, you know, establish the run game and it really helped us out. You know, um, it sets everything else up. But, you know, one thing that I've been impressed about with our backs is their ability to get the ball, not just running it, but also catching it out of the backfield. You know, I think our longest pass play was to, you know, Sean out of the backfield on the third down. So uh, those guys having success is really good for our team and that group. Yeah, and I think something that, that he just touched on, BYU, from a defensive standpoint, I think it's going to be just as important from a, a defensive standpoint to make sure that you're, you're covering the running backs as receivers as much as you are running the football. I, I think that that's something I would expect Oregon to try and utilize uh, quite a lot today in their offense. All right, final comment from Coach Lanning, and we've referenced this so much during this show. Coach Lanning reiterates the importance of the Autzen Stadium environment on his team's success. I think this place is really special and we have really passionate fans and the fans are what, you know, make that thing tick. You know, it's never been a distraction for me, but I think everyone enjoys being in an environment like that. And, you know, I'm hoping to see it even tenfold this weekend, you know, with the game that we have coming in and the atmosphere that we can create that can be, you know, it's, it's a big piece of our success when we can put some fans in the seats and uh, go create an environment like that. I think it makes it really tough for an opponent. That was the thoughts of new Oregon head coach Dan Lanning. We will take a break. We'll come back. One more segment of Cougar Pregame Live. We'll look at today's top 25 college football scoreboard. Lots of action early on this Saturday. We'll get to all those scores when we return. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Jason Shepard. Final segment of Cougar Pregame Live. It is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Number 12, BYU on the road looking to begin the season 3-0. The opponent today is the home team, Oregon Ducks, ranked 25th in college football. All right. Speaking of college football, let's get to some other scores going on right now. We will start in the top 25. Fourth quarter action will start at the top. Number one, Georgia on the road at South Carolina. And the Bulldogs flexing their muscles once again. It is 45-0 in favor of Georgia. And there's still 11 and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Also, fourth quarter action, number four, Michigan. Shutting out UConn, 45 to nothing. So back-to-back, 45 to nothing scores. And both games still in the fourth quarter. Michigan with the lead. Uh, Going into the fourth quarter, number six, Oklahoma leading at Nebraska. Things not getting any better for the Cornhuskers. It is 49-7 Sooners with the lead in Lincoln. Number nine, Kentucky shutting out Youngstown State, 28 to nothing. Coming off their loss to BYU last weekend, 17th-ranked Baylor is at home taking care of business over Texas State. The Bears with a 42-7 lead with 12 minutes to go in the fourth. Those are the only games in the top 25 that are currently underway. Coming up this afternoon and then later on tonight, it is number 20 Ole Miss at Georgia Tech. Number 22 Penn State will travel to Auburn to take on the Tigers. 
Number two, Alabama. It's still weird to see them as number two Alabama. Uh, they host Louisiana Monroe in Tuscaloosa coming up at 2 o'clock Mountain Time. Number 19, Wake Forest hosting Liberty. Obviously, BYU will travel to face Liberty a little bit later on in the season. Third-ranked Ohio State will take on Toledo. Eighth-ranked Oklahoma State hosting Arkansas Pine Bluff. Missouri State will be at number 10, Arkansas. That will be a game that BYU fans will probably pay attention to with Arkansas coming to Provo in a couple of weeks. 15th-ranked Tennessee will host Akron. Texas Tech on the road at number 16, NC State. Washington will host number 11, Michigan State. South Florida will be at 18th-ranked Florida Number 23, Pitt at Western Michigan. Louisiana Tech at number 5, Clemson. 21st rank, Texas, with a record of 1-1, one and one, will host UTSA at 6 o'clock Mountain Time. 24th rank, Texas A&M. This is another matchup between two teams in the top 25. Texas A&M hosting number 13, Miami. In Salt Lake City tonight, 14th rank, Utah, will host the Aztecs of San Diego State. That game gets underway at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. And then the latest game to kick off in featuring a top 25 team will kick off at 8.30. It will be at the Coliseum in L.A. And it is number 7 USC hosting the Fresno State Bulldogs. All right, that is it. Coming up next, it is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Satake. It's the Cougar Pregame Coaches Show, presented by Zions Bank. For big-time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. The Pregame Coaches Show is also brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar football fans. Welcome inside Autzen Stadium on the campus of the University of Oregon in Eugene, Oregon. As today, BYU visits this imposing venue for the first time in 32 years. The 12th-ranked Cougars coming off a big-time home win over then number 9 Baylor. The Cougars' first home win over a top-10 team in 32 years. Today, it's another nationally-ranked foe, the 25th-ranked Ducks. A team on a 20-game home win streak and a 29-game home field win streak in non-conference. A string that stretches back some 14 years. My name is Greg Rubel. I'll have your play-by-play call today. Sitting alongside my broadcast partner, the former BYU quarterback, the slinging, scrambling southpaw, Riley Nelson. And Riley, from one tall task to another today. Last week it was Dave Aranda, Jeff Grimes, and a very good Baylor team that will be doing battle with BYU for years to come in the Big 12 today. The Cougars are in Pac-12 territory, taking on another one of the biggest names in the game, the vaunted Oregon Ducks, and one of the most dominant home field advantages in all of college football. It's another big barometer game for BYU and a chance to really enter the New Year's Six conversation by mid-September. It's all about getting that snowball continuing rolling down the hill, right? Uh, it started a couple of seasons ago, and it just seems that this BYU team continues to roll and pick up big win after big win and build tremendous momentum for this program uh, as they head into a very bright and optimistic future. But as far as the game here today, 
As I look at these teams objectively, I think BYU executes at a higher level. I think they're just flat out the better football team. Not by a wide margin, but I think that they are. But you cannot take for granted two things. The atmosphere that Autzen presents, as you've just illustrated with the streaks and stats that they have going on as far as not dropping many games here. And second, you cannot deny that Oregon has some athletes on the football field. But I think over the course of four quarters, BYU's execution and discipline should win out. Coming up next, we'll hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as he and the Cougars look to play another week without uh, two of their top playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. And now, minus a couple of key players on defense. The injury outlook and more coming up with Kalani as the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show continues for big-time banking for the home team field. Zions Bank is for you. You are listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Pregame Coaches Show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Coming to you live from Hudson Stadium in Eugene, Oregon, this 54,000-seat, 55-year-old venue, home to the third-longest current FBS home win streak and second-longest non-conference home win streak at 20 and 29 games, respectively. It's BYU and Oregon for the seventh time all-time. The series tied three games apiece. Last meeting was the 2006 Las Vegas Bowl. BYU won that one 38-8. to The last meeting here in Eugene was back in 1990. The Ducks were victorious 32-16 to over Ty Detmer and the then fourth-ranked Cougs. That was early in Ty's Heisman-winning campaign. Well, BYU comes into today's game at 2-0, ranked 12th nationally. Kalani Sitake's teams are now 20-5 when playing as a top-25 team. When facing ranked foes, BYU's won three in a row and five of six. The Cougs have also won three of their four, la- uh, three of their last four ranked versus ranked matchups. The Ducks, meantime, well, they've lost their last four games against ranked opponents. There's all that. It was a week ago that BYU won a ranked versus ranked meeting versus Baylor, a win that gave Kalani Sitake his 50th victory as BYU head coach. Today, as he embarks on pursuit of his second 50, he visits a stadium in which he has not yet won in three previous appearances as an assistant coach with other teams, Utah and Oregon State. And in our pregame conversation a short time ago, Kalani sized up the unique challenge facing his team here today at Autzen. Well, obviously the fans and uh, the, the excitement that they bring. The uh, there's a reason why they they have a win streak here, and um, you know I think they they lean on that for a lot of energy. And, and um, for us, we just have to find ways to keep focus on what we're trying to get done. We know how a home field advantage could could help you, and so. Uh, on the other side of it, I want our guys to embrace it and have, you know, just have fun with it. I mean, this is, uh, I reminded them before the, uh, when we first got here that, uh, what COVID was like, you know, and so there was empty, empty stands and now we have the stands will be full and whether they cheer for us or not, just appreciate that and, uh, th- stuff that we thought we, 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 you know, things that we missed from uh, a couple years ago. So, um, yeah, we're gonna have fun with it and see what happens. But the team's well coached from Oregon. They 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 have tons of athleticism and speed. That's something that they really lean heavily on. And we'll have to find a way to, to take away those strengths that they have and try to uh, maximize our strengths. I remember a few years ago, uh, 2018, you took a team uh, to play a ranked 
Wisconsin team mm-hmm. in a sold-out, really loud environment. I remember using the, those same kind of words or phrases, embrace and have fun. And, and they had a long win streak going at home at the same time, and that streak was broken that day. What are some things that you remember from that day generally that you'd like to replicate in a game like today from your team? Well, most of the guys are, are mature enough to handle this, you know, but I think it's just good for me to be reminding them of, of why they do this and who they do it for, you know, and, and, and what they represent. So, uh, just going back to the, the simple things and, and reminding them uh, the love that, that has been out there for them to get to where they're at now, and and uh, this is they, they got to live live with the moment right now and stay focused, but um, also just revel in it and have fun. I mean that's that's what the game's all about. We all got into this game as players because it was fun for us to play it, and we dreamt of the uh, the moments of being in an environment where you can hear cheers. And we, we didn't say we only do it for the, for the cheers that they're with us, you know. So, And I think we'll have great representation here at the game as well. Let's talk personnel a little bit uh, from your side. Anybody you're not planning to be with today uh, starting on defense? Well, Earl Toyoti Mariner didn't make the trip. Um, Tyler Batty did, but uh, game time decision. But it's not looking like he will play. Uh, but uh, that's on the defensive side. Everybody else is good to go. On the offensive side, there's always the concern of, with Puka and Gunner. Gunner did not make the trip. Puka is here. Uh, and as we speak, he's going to be uh, figuring out if he can go. But we're planning as if he's not because we have to plan for the for the worst, but hope for the best. Um, in the meantime, uh, we just got to keep keep the guys focused on on you know having their opportunities. And even these young receivers, uh, it was Chase's week last week, and we'll see who steps up this week. Maybe it'll be Chase again, but maybe it'll be uh, one of the other guys. What do you think you know about Oregon through their first two games? Because they played one of the toughest teams you could possibly play in the first week, and then they had FCS in week two. Yeah, we're going to get their best shot. That's what I know. And, and uh, I, I think we're anticipating that. Uh, the focus for us is just making sure that we give them our best shot. And uh, if we do that, we do it consistently for 60 minutes, I feel good about our chances. Oregon with some Utah flavor on their roster at a few spots. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's... that's uh, the state is the recruiting in the state has been really really good and and we've got a good number of in-state uh, kids on our roster as well so uh, you know we'll have some fun and see see if, uh, if we can do what we want to do here in, in Eugene and it'll be good to see those guys I know I know a lot of guys on on that roster and on that coaching staff uh, really good men and, and looking forward to talking to them before and after the game for you to get the result you want today what do you think will have to happen for BYU well, it comes down to the fundamentals of the game for me and um, you know, assignments on football can't make too many mistakes, and and the little mistakes we make, we'll overcome it with the energy and effort. That's that's our game plan every week. Um, this time we'll be a lot more focused. I think last week we were able to rely on the fans a little bit, but I don't want that to be always something that we. I want us to be able to function and play, and not have to worry about external forces to help us, and in this case, not worry about an external force to to be against us and, and have an impact on the way we play. How well do you think you guys got back to an even keel after the high of beating a top 10 team last week? Yeah, we get back to being humble and working hard. And a good way to do that is show them the mistakes that were made and uh, the deficiencies and try to find ways to in the week of practice to make them better. And so that uh, I feel good about the way we prepped for this. I feel good about our coaches. And I uh, just want to go out there and let loose and have some fun. Special venue and in an afternoon primetime uh, setting, so to speak. It's one of those special Saturdays of football for BYU. Yeah, this is what it's all about, man. I want to embrace it and have some fun. And, and I just want to get out there and dance, dance around and have a good time with the boys. So I'm uh, looking forward to it. Thanks, Cougar Nation. All right. Thank you, Kalani, for the time. And we'll talk to you post game. Yep, let's go.
That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake. This has been the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. For big time banking with a home team feel, Zions Bank is for you. The NutraCost Cougar kickoff show is coming up next on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Kickoff is just around the corner. You're listening to the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show. NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. Also by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back to Eugene. Before we continue... Let's pause 10 seconds for station identification on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Good afternoon. Once again, Cougar Nation, we welcome you back inside Autzen Stadium in Eugene, Oregon, for a Saturday matinee meeting of two top 25 teams, the number 12 BYU Cougars playing as underdogs at the number 25 Oregon Ducks. BYU looking for its sixth straight win over a Pac-12 opponent after going 5-0 against that conference last season. This is the NutraCost Cougar kickoff show presented by NutraCost, the official supplement provider of BYU Athletics. Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson with you in the broadcast booth. Former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens reporting for us from field level and in the Zions Bank end zone. For big time banking with the home team field, Zions Bank is for you. Our studio host, Jason Shepard. Our booth engineers, Michael Wimmer and Clark Jackman. Our studio engineer, Barry Squires. Our spotter, Jacob Murphy. Coordinating producer, Terry South. Control board operators, Adam Woodall and Corbin Radford. Our broadcast interns, Colton Potter here in Eugene, and Amy Harris back at BYU Radio. You are tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our satellite flagship is BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. Our over-the-air flagship, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM in Salt Lake City. We are also heard on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Game Day app, the KSL app, as well as on BYURadio.org, plus our network affiliates in Utah and Idaho. And be sure to subscribe to the BYU Football Podcast for broadcast archives and highlights. You can also get those on the BYU Radio app and at BYURadio.org. Simply search sports or shows and look for BYU Football there. You'll get all of that content. Well, Game 3 of the 2022 season, and the Cougs remain shorthanded at wide receiver. Gunnar Romney has been on the shelf since the second day of training camp in early August. He's week to week. Puka Nakua still not ready to go after being hurt in the opening minutes of the opener at USF. And now Tyler Batty and Earl Tuioti Mariner are out on the defensive side of the ball. Those are four potential starters of your 22 potential starters on offense and defense. Probably not exactly the way you drop the depth chart with Baylor and Oregon on tap in back-to-back weeks, but this team is tough and resilient. And when given a chance to shine... BYU's second stringers have played like starters in a lot of spots. Look no further than Chase Roberts, who made no Nakua 
and no Romney looked like no problem last week. And this week, Greg, I wouldn't be surprised if another semi-unknown name emerges, right? Maybe it's a Cody Epps. Maybe, you know, someone else goes gets called on and gets wild. That is one of the hallmark traits of this BYU program in the in, during this current streak. Uh, of, of a lot of wins over the last few years is that when called upon, the next guy is ready to go, and not just ready to go to to fill a spot, but ready to make an impact. I am a little bit more worried about the defensive line than I am uh, the the wide receivers. Obviously, they were able to find a path to victory without the wide receivers, and it reminds but it reminds me back to something Kalani said initially when uh, in the USF post game when Puka got hers. He said. It takes some of the pressure off the quarterback to feel like he has to get the ball to someone. Rather, he can just survey the field and get the ball to the exact right person, depending on on the read. But uh, we'll see how they handle it today. Adversity is going to strike at all points of this season. And uh, this is the dose for the game against Oregon. Uh, excited to see how BYU responds. We will have more of the Nutricost Cougar kickoff show straight ahead. But before the break, we remind you to go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. The Nutricost Cougar kickoff show continues right after this. We're live from Autzen Stadium in Eugene, Oregon on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Kickoff Show continues. Let's head back to the Built Bar Broadcast booth with Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU and Oregon coming up at a, uh, a 1.40 p.m. kick time. We're now told 1.40 p.m. Mountain, 12.40 here in Eugene, Oregon. BYU 2-0 on the season. Now 23-4 uh, and four over the last two-plus seasons. Oregon, 1-1 one one on the year, playing to get to a fourth consecutive Pac-12 championship game. So, two of the best college football teams in the country going head-to-head here today in Eugene. The Ducks got obliterated, however, in their season opener versus Georgia. Then they dismantled FCS foe Eastern Washington last week. Riley, today's the day we see who the Ducks really are. I think Georgia can make a lot of good teams look bad. Oregon made an FCS team look bad. I'm curious to see how shorthanded BYU against the Ducks squad that is only three games into a season with an entirely new coaching staff and a new starting quarterback in Bo Nix. You have it pegged, Greg. These Oregon Ducks are still trying to find their way. As I was prepping for the game today, I was watching the uh, All-22 film that uh, the program so graciously gives me access to, and I turned on the Georgia film, and I thought, well, that's Georgia, right? They're maybe in a little bit different. Let, let's turn on the next one. But here's one thing that I saw consistent from week one to week two. I saw preseason penalties. I saw procedures, false starts, procedure penalties. I saw, you know, guys out of position. So they're still trying to find their way as far as being a, a cohesive team. I hope now they've had Eastern Washington as a tune-up and a week uh, and really an uninterrupted week to really get primed and ready for BYU. I'll tell you one thing. I do not believe Oregon is overlooking this BYU team. I think that they still have a lot of pride left in this young season and that they would like nothing more to get the bitter taste out of their mouth from that Georgia loss that everybody has still defined them in this young season by than coming out and beating what is a well-respected and highly ranked BYU team. I still think the Cougars are the better team and over four quarters have a good shot to win the game, but they better look out. The Ducks are going to come out hungry. Time now for today's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature. At Hyatt Place Provo, your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And BYU is extremely comfortable when playing 
clean football. We talked about it with Jason Shepard earlier in the pregame show. But since Kalani Sitake became head coach, BYU now 23-1. and 23-1 and when committing zero turnovers in a game. And BYU has won its last 20 consecutive games when going giveaway free. And even in games like last week when Baylor was also perfect in the turnover game, simply not turning it over can be the difference between victory and defeat. And with Jaron Hall at the helm, this is it's almost to the point where you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, he had that interception once the game was in hand in USF. I think he was just trying to force the ball late in a situation where, where he had the game in hand. But I'll tell you who didn't take that lightly. Coach Roderick didn't take it lightly. I mean, that dude is all about ball security, taking care of the football, and not putting your team at risk. I want to switch to the other side of the football, which I expect to play a big factor here tonight. As you noted, uh, BYU didn't turn the ball over, but they also forced zero turnovers. Bo Nix is an aggressive style of player who, uh, both during his career at Auburn and during his early career here at Oregon, has a tendency to give the ball up to the other team. Not to mention, not to mention that BYU is going to have the opportunity to. to play a swarming style of defense where the second and third tacklers to the ball are going to have a chance to try and dislodge it. So if I'm looking for the BYU defense to turn to reverse the fortunes of last week where they were unable to get the ball and generate mm-hmm. one, if not multiple, turnovers here in Autzen today. He is Riley Nelson, and we are back with more of the NutraCost Cougar Kickoff Show live from Autzen Stadium right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Getting you geared up for game time. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Number 12, BYU. Number 25, Oregon. Coming up, BYU 2-0, Ducks 1-1. Today's the last true away game BYU will play until visiting Liberty a month from now. Uh, Between now and then, home games with Wyoming and Utah State. A game in Vegas against Notre Dame and a home game with nationally ranked Arkansas all before the trip to Lynchburg to play football against the Flames. As for today, it's the Cougars facing an Oregon team that uh, the historical identity has been that of an offensive juggernaut. The Ducks are perennially one of the more explosive teams in college football. Last week, the Ducks scored touchdowns on their first nine drives in a 70-14 home win over Eastern Washington. So we know that Oregon can take apart an FCS team. But last week it was Baylor coming off a 10-touchdown day against an FCS foe, and BYU held the Bears very much in check. Baylor scored only in double over, uh, only scored 20 in a double overtime game. And let's not forget that Oregon uh, could manage only a single field goal in their Georgia game. So while we're not quite sure yet just how Oregon might be on offense, we've also got a pretty good idea about this BYU defense, Riley. Of course, the group has to stay healthy and Losing Tyler Batty and Earl Tuioti Mariner up front, well, you're going to feel that. That's a blow. It's going to hurt BYU today. But this Cougar defense looks definitely legit through two weeks. I'm still, my favorite stat of this young season was the fact that in the second overtime, Baylor got 11 plays from the 25 to try and score, and this BYU defense held them out. That's one of my favorite stats since my time being a partner with you as a broadcaster. They are. So, look, though, just as I'm previewing and my intuition and having watched uh, Coach Tuyaki and Coach Sataki for many years, look for them to put the pressure on Oregon to consistently put drives 
yards together. I think we'll see some three-man fronts. I think we'll see Oregon gain some yards between the 20s. But they're going to say, Coach Sitake and Coach Tuyaki are going to say, hey, guys, you have to execute. We're betting that you won't be able to execute long enough or at a high enough frequency when it counts, meaning on third downs and in the red zone, uh, to give the BYU defense its advantage in the matchup today. That's Riley Nelson once again. We are coming to you live from Autzen Stadium here in Eugene. We're expecting a flyover momentarily. And the uh, flyover being led by a former University of Oregon alum, the captain in the seat. Captain Nick Reed will be bringing his jet, leading part of the squad from the 509th, I believe, through uh, Autzen here momentarily. Let's pause for a moment before the flyover for our national anthem. the jet engines that was something fantastic as we had to break time now for today's player to watch brought to you by VidAngel skip offensive content in movies and shows when you watch with VidAngel learn more at VidAngel.com Riley Nelson who's your player to watch in this afternoon's game at Oregon after that Greg can I be the player to watch let's get with compliance you have to find one game left of eligibility <laughs> holy cow my I got goosebumps hair standing on end player to watch this week is Jake Oldroyd after what was well documented last uh, last week missing the kick at the end of regulation and then again in the first overtime he's going to need to bounce back and get back to his old Jake the make ways because uh, in this environment against this team it's going to be the little things that make the difference between victory and defeat and it very well may be the kicking game so Jake Oldroyd is my player to watch by the way the Baylor game last week was only the second in Jake's career in which he missed multiple field goals in the same game the previous one the Cougars lost that was at Toledo in 2019 but they won the game obviously last week against Baylor despite the fact Jake did have those two late missed field goals coming up we'll head down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jerkins as the Nutracost Cougar kickoff show continues after this 
live from Watson Stadium in Eugene, Oregon, on the new skin, Cougar Sports Network. This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, the 12th-ranked BYU, 25th-ranked Oregon, kicking it off at around 1240 Pacific Time, 140 Mountain Time on a very pleasant day here in Eugene, Oregon. No rain in the forecast. It's uh, it's partly sunny. It's in the 60s. It feels great. BYU's first visit here since the days of Ty Detmer back in 1990. BYU's current quarterback, uh, Jaron Hall, has been very, very good in leading BYU to a 2-0 start to the season, completing two-thirds of his passes, and many of his incompletions have been uh, going as throwaways. Uh, and Riley, on that note, decision-making has been tremendous. Uh, a very few risky plays through the air and pretty judicious on the ground, yet at the same time, we know that a game-breaking run could be only a play away. He's the complete package for BYU and has given the coaches and this offense exactly what has been needed to this point to get to 2-0. There are so many skills and elements of his technique that we could highlight here, but I'm going to take this moment to talk about, Jaron, that his demeanor is what helps BYU come through in these close, these highly anticipated and high-pressure matchups. If you, it, He truly is. I mean, a lot of guys play that flat line don't get rattled like it's kind of a it's almost a facade that they put on but with Jaron he is the real deal truly nothing rattles this guy this guy is the same whether he's up 40 or down 40 he goes out he executes the game plan he is the rock that his players can rely on and put their total and complete faith in and when they do so good things seem to happen Let's head down now to field level and former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for big-time banking with a home team field. Zions Bank is for you. And Mitch, BYU will play another game without Puka Nakua and Gunnar Romney at wideout. And through 15 games and make it now 16 with both on the roster, BYU's 4-3 and three in games which they both catch a pass, but a perfect 8-0 and oh when they don't. That's kind of a weird number, but it does show that players have been consistently stepping up in their absence. More of that is needed today here in Eugene. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. And, and yes, a very interesting stat, but if you look at it through a different lens, and we heard this last week from Kalani, when your two stud wide receivers are out, it allows Jaron to play matchups and throw to the open receiver. And this BYU receiving core has proven to be a very reliable group for Jaron and this offense. Um, when called upon, they've made the play and moved the sticks which will be critical again today as they find themselves in the same situation from last week. Um, expect Chase Roberts to reestablish himself as the number one receiver again today as he has all the tools to be the guy for this team. Um, he may need some help uh, from Chris Brooks or Pini Katoa in this offensive line to keep Oregon's defense from keying on him the entire game. But it'll be a fun one indeed to see again how this offense responds with two of their best offensive weapons watching from the sidelines. He is Mitchell Jurgens coming up next, starting lineups and the opening kick. This has been the Nutracost BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from Autzen Stadium in Eugene, Oregon on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.